I, I was able to see um, Joker this past yeah. weekend. Yeah, dude. I saw it opening day. It was cool. It was a good movie. I dug it. Um, it was uh, it was fun to see um, how they would interpret the origins yeah. of the Joker into um, into film. We've seen so many iterations of his origins throughout the years based on um, uh, all the different Batman movies that have come out. And this one was actually pretty cool. Um, it was, uh, it was, it was different, um, but it was definitely a more grounded take on the character. It was, uh, more of a study in like kind of madness, honestly. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. One of, one of those, huh? Yeah. Yeah. It was one of those. Uh, it was, um, for sure. You can definitely tell they're definitely heavily inspired by a taxi driver. Um, and just, it uh, it had this vibe to it, which even like resembled that that taxi driver vibe. It was dark. It was gritty. Um, apparently, it was set in like the early '80s, so that would give you a little like hint as to the vibe of the time. But for sure, it's definitely like a, a look into a, into the mind of a of a madman. Um, is per it, se, is it Gotham City? It looks like like they they're not. It looks like New York. Every it, trailer, every is like you know. It's Gotham adjacent, uh, pretty much. Um, it does it does resemble uh, New York in the late seventies, uh, early eighties. Mm-hmm. Um, but f- the description I was reading an article and they were s- describing the city and pretty much just saying how this is Gotham before. It turned into the Gotham we know. Yeah, okay. so essentially it's predating Batman mm-hmm. um, and anything Batman has done. So, um, in, in the movie, not sure if you want to know, but uh, no, no, let's let's keep it spoiler light yeah, for so, uh, for the fiends um, at home. It yeah. just predates everything that goes down and what we know as that dark and gritty Gotham City, um, and kind of shows you. Like how it might have gotten to that point, which is pretty cool, actually. So, uh, so was it worth like, uh, you know, we we've talked about it here on the show before about uh, like how it's been blown up in the festivals and stuff like that. Like, um, it was it did it meet those expectations? Like, is it like a like uh, it's getting Oscar buzz from I don't know who I don't know who's trying to be like oh this, this movie needs an Oscar, but it's probably it, DC, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but it's um, no, it was uh, it's it's definitely worthy of the praise it's getting. Okay, um, I thought it was going to be one of those movies that um, would falter in terms of story, and it it would just be driven solely by the performance of. Uh, of Joaquin Phoenix, but it it actually has a pretty decent story behind it, um, from start to finish. So, um, it's actually worth, uh, it's worth a watch, man. It's worth a watch. Okay. Okay. That's, that's good to hear. Cause you know, you, we, we, we've discussed it several times where it's, it's the actor movie more than like the movie movie. Yes, exactly. Yeah. 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 So it's good to hear that like the story of the film itself is worth it instead of, cause I'm hearing both ways. I'm hearing like, you know, it's walking Phoenix's like time to shine. And then others I'm hearing like, Oh, it's like a bad movie overall. So I don't know. I'm no, I mean like, yes, it it has to be walking Phoenix's, you know, time to shine. Cause that's just the nature of the beast, you know, right. The character itself calls for somebody to, um, be extreme, you know, in terms of their representation of this particular person. Uh, so yeah, it's a real, it's a real actor's character. Cause you know, cause you have like, you have, Actors like Mark Hamill, who were able to throw themselves into it, you have, and then you have the opposite end of it with like Jared Leto, who it's like it's he's clearly not a good yeah, actor, yeah, and he no, just falls apart with it, no, right? Leto was trash, but um, it's cool because you get a lot of good backstory for this particular version of the Joker, okay? At, um, as to how he is current day you know what i mean so you get a good amount of uh of information that explains certain things of the other character and his mannerisms and all that mm. stuff so um it is an overall good movie it's not just based off performance um the story is good too um i, I think it's um an interesting story it's one of those things too that you can look at 
um, now and be like, oh, you know, this is kind of it reflects our current society and blah, 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 based mm-hmm. on um, on what's going on, <sighs> on okay. the rich and the poor kind of stuff. You know, the way Gotham is always um, th- that kind of thing, you know? Right, right. It's uh, I've always I've always been worried of those movies that are like we live in a society, <laughs> you, yeah, know, that, you know, that hollow messaging of like, oh, society's bad. And, you know, there's. You, you know the ones where that's, they say society's yeah, bad, but don't but that's don't what really. You're gonna get when when you're talking about a comic book society. You know what I mean? Yeah, because that's true. That's societies true. in a comic book are either like utopian, but have something terribly wrong with them, that's right? True. Or they're just like like fucking slums and like and they live in squalor, and uh, this begets a hero based off this, um, you know poor living and stuff you know so it's either you know the opposite extremes in comic book movies i feel um yeah that's and, true there's there's a limit there's a limit to how yeah, much you can actually you know because especially in dc because we know marvel at least tries to represent cities more likely you know like more like likened to what they currently are today in real right. life but you know the marvel movies have their problems too like, oh they're, they're, of course we're never gonna get like a a deeper movie that tries something like logan you know like no, we, no we're not gonna we're, not. we're never gonna get that again we're never gonna get a joker the, from them no know? the deepest we got was winter soldier so yeah and yeah. even then like it, it was only half a movie before the action kicked oh in. my god tell me about it yeah <laughs> i look i love it but it, it, there's a huge difference between the two, you know. Yeah, yeah. Tell me about it, and uh, <laughs> but you know where there's also a huge difference. Hmm. Um, in this conversation, we're gonna have tonight. Welcome, folks, to uh, episode number seven. You, I, I I think it's episode six. Uh, Something or like wait, that, right? Maybe it's episode seven because six well, still has. You know what? Regardless, so welcome. welcome. To- <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the morgue, folks. The official podcast of Corpse Feed. Um, and and with me this evening, as always, is my buddy Nick Valdez at comicbook.com. Howdy, everybody. AKA Tex, because he's from Texas. So yes. um, if, you, if you hear me calling him Tex every once in a while, I just can't help it. I, that That's just, you know, that's who I am. Yeah, you know? he's, he's a big guy from Texas. He's big old Tex. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and, uh, and I am, of course, Arturo Padilla, uh, the face behind the fiends. And... Uh, uh, welcome, guys. Tonight we have a interesting conversation mm-hmm. um, as we talk about different societies and different uh, times and parallels and all that good stuff. We come across the genre of science fiction and what really entails a science fiction movie. Um, as our conversation before about zombies, I also have an interesting question about science fiction as to where does the line get drawn you know how when does it become science fiction horror from science fiction to science fiction horror where does that turn go and as we've seen a lot there hasn't been very um direct science fiction movies like of course we got the ad astras that um that are also talking about that science stuff and the space um and we got the what um the Neil Armstrong movies, the Buzz Aldrin movies, whatever they're called, they, uh, a first man, right? Yeah, we have first man. There's gravity, and then if you go all the way back, you have your Apollo 13s. Yeah, Armageddon, the best one. Armageddon's so fucking good. It's so good. It's not even part of this conversation. <laughs> but yeah, so we have seen um, in Hollywood and in cinema history that they do focus on that stuff but when it's usually about that kind of space you get more historical stuff more um non-fiction stuff um and then i find that every time somebody is dabbling in science fiction they just can't help themselves to dabble a little bit in that horror too because it's another great unknown it's um pretty much like it open water you got the the ocean as this big vast setting and location that was finally experimented with we all know we're all scared of the fucking ocean you right. know the deep like just darkness is, at night is that a science fiction movie arturo like what do you okay so let's let's nail that down first arturo what like you're saying what classifies it as science fiction is yeah. the ocean stuff science fiction does well, that count? You know what? Like, 
who knows? Because for for instance, the abyss, a good example. Right. Um, it happens in the ocean. Yeah. But crazy shit happens where it becomes a thriller. Um, you get aliens involved. So there are aspects to a movie that, depending on where you dabble, um, it will turn into that science fiction thriller horror umbrella. And this okay. is why like, it's also a good conversation to have because we have our blatant science fiction horror stuff. Um, like we can go back to, you know, years to like Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Right. Um, with, with the pod people, um, we're with legit alien invasions like War of the Worlds, and which one else is it? Um, War of the Worlds, and then there's that one with Keanu did a remake of it. Um, oh, uh, the what was it the man? Wait, the the time, the day the Earth stood still. Yes, yes, the day the Earth stood still. So we have these movies that are dubbed as science fiction, right? Back mm-hmm. in the day, right? But. If we clearly go through the history of those movies that are science fiction, they're they're clearly in the same realm as horror, um, especially back in the day when you that pop stuff, the pop culture stuff, and 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 um, and the pop art and everything that was kind of different was always falling under that genre movie umbrella you know Mm -hmm. um so like movies like them for example where they had the giant ants right that um fell under science fiction but it was also um peddled as horror back in the day with like movie and cinema experiences um where you can compare a certain experience in a movie theater to like watching um a a horror movie like the tingler with uh, vincent price where they would legit try this gimmick in the theater where they would blow like air at the people, just like in Disney World, you know. Yeah, the four D stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So they would do the same thing with these uh, science fiction movies back in the day. So they all had this one common theme where it would just be a gimmick, you know. Um, how would we put these butts in the seats to get these people in the cinemas? Oh, let's make these crazy stories from outer space, and they're coming to attack. So that's always a thing, right? Mm-hmm. So. You have the story where there's an alien that's coming down and he wants to explore human beings. And then there's always a hidden agenda. Um, And these movies from time to time, they have dabbled and they have crossed the realms of horror, um, which brings us to the conversation this evening. With movies, for instance, like um, one of my favorites, uh, Event Horizon and movies like Sunshine. And then we have movies like the alien franchise itself. Mm-hmm. Um, we have movies like The Thing and Predator, Attack the Block, um, Killer Clowns from Outer Space, um, The Faculty, uh, Terminator, They Live. You know what I mean? Like we have mm-hmm. all these movies that a lot of them would seem as to not be horror. But in this lovely genre that I like to speak about, there are a lot of exceptions and there's a lot of room for accepting new things. And and sci-fi is one of them. I feel that sci-fi has finally fallen in that category. I'm not sure what you think about that, but I think because of everything you deal with in science fiction, um, it's hard to not make it a genre film, like a horror movie. You know what I mean? There's so many right. things of the unknown. This is why I bring up um, this is why I actually brought up Open Water before, because Open Water was a kind of movie that it's in theory, yes, it seems very simplistic, but nobody's ever done that. I mean, like nobody's ever explored the ocean that way and kind of like used the ocean as just this big setting and a big antagonist, you know, mm-hmm. and, th- and that's what space is. This is what a lot of these movies um use this um they use this unknown vastness as a big antagonist um and a big um representation of the unknown so so is are like shark movies considered science fiction you know what why not right yeah because because okay so if we if we're talking open water you have um (laughs) so you have other shark movies let's let's go through the list right so there's jaws Yes. The Shallows, two very, two very good, good examples of shark movies, and then you have like a little bit worse examples like like Jaws 
two and deepest bluest, right? <laughs> deepest F- bluest. My head is like a shark's fin. Fucking deep blue sea, right? <laughs> yeah, and so the Meg, you see? Yeah, so that is science fiction, then, right? Because yes. you know, I mean, oceanography or whatever the actual study of it is called, it, it technically is. What is it? Uh, what? Is, what's the actual name for like the science that is? It's like aquatic science or some some stupid shit like that. Isn't it oceanography? It probably is oceanography. I yeah, like it. oceanography, the branch of science that deals with the physical and biological properties and phenomena of the sea. Yeah, see, because, you know, uh, I used to consider them like monster movies, but, you know. Perfect it, perfect segue. I was going to say, like, um, if we're throwing, you know, these big old sharks into the mix, something like Godzilla, for instance. Yeah. A definite size fiction, but definite horror. It's a monster movie. So monster movies... In general, if you think about it, monster movies should all be science fiction, but they all fall under this horror umbrella because of what the monster does after the fact. You know? Yeah, and it's more like, um, I, I guess origins play into that, right? Because you have some monsters like you have Frankenstein's monster, which is a scientific creation. Yes. You have, uh, you have the blob, which is like yes, uh, yes. the blob was like some experiment gone wild, I think. Then you have... Um, Previously mentioned movies like the zombie movies, uh, you were talking Reanimator. Reanimator is literally like the science of making monsters. And um, and then you have more mystical stuff, right? You have like your pumpkin heads, your, your candy mans, your, um, you have your wolf mans, uh, yes. Dracula. Exactly, though. But you see, like there's such a fine line between a horror creation, a legit like – straightforward horror creation and then a science fiction creation you know but then like again where the fuck does his line get you know drawn i let me let me posit you this arturo i would argue that you know it's science fiction uh you know the difference between science fiction and science fantasy right so um science let me just give you two classic examples star trek and star wars star trek yeah star trek it's science fiction because it's built on ideas in the real world that have evolved to like this futuristic scale, you know, like like space travel and stuff, you know, stuff that humanity can achieve, but like has achieved in this fiction. Science fantasy, you have like your Star Wars, which is, uh, you know, you have your space battles and all that stuff, but there's no real logic tying all that together. It's all like, you know, I mean, before like the midichlorians and the force and stuff, it's more like, it's more magic-y, more like... Basically, if you had King Arthur and gave him a lightsaber, that that's science fantasy. So, yes, correct. So, I, I, so I would I would argue sci-fi horror is another extension of science fiction, where you have something that starts with a logical idea, something that can exist. You know, it's it's the complete opposite of zombies, which we talked about last time, where you start out with an idea of something. And, you know, it could include zombies as another tangent here where, you know, the infections, you have something that's a realistic idea that gets turned up to the extreme. So, uh, you know, like going back to you mentioned the abyss and the abyss is the idea of, you know, going so far deep in the ocean. It's unknown, but it's also a thing that could very well exist. You know, like there are crazy stuff in the water that we don't know. And then you have all your... uh, you have all your alien movies, which uh, – what was the – there's a recent example with like Ryan Reynolds I think was in it and where it was like this little – little. it starts off as like this little parasite kind of thing. Oh, but, um, yeah. They discover some kind of alien life form or something, right? Yeah, yeah. And it starts life, off with some like – Was it called Life? Life or something? Yeah, right? I think it, it was actually called Life. Yeah. So it, it's – it's stuff that uh, – that's why you have, like, your extraterrestrials and stuff where it's, like, the the allure of it is that, oh, this could exist. You know, it's not, like – it's not so far outside the realm of reality. Yeah. You know, another good example from way back in the day. I'm not sure if you remember the movie called Fire in the Sky. No, oh. no. Oh, dude. So, all right. So, Fire in the Sky was actually based off, you know, supposed real, you know, life events that happened um, uh, where these – this guy was abducted by aliens, you know, but like the way they put it on film and the way they told the story, dude, it was it was scary. It was legit a horror thing. And the way they translated all the like abduction 
story and how he viewed the abduction and how he viewed himself and the ship and all that stuff it was it was very creepy um and and then all the the one clear memory was when they like stuffed his mouth full like this jelly or something (sighs) and it was very like sci-fi-ish horror and just like very oh that till this day I remember that, and I remember seeing that movie, sneaking peeks in that movie while my parents were watching it, and sneaking some peeks and be like, "Oh shit, this is fucking wild as shit." <laughs> and like even to, like e- even till now, I remember that specific time I saw that, and I was like, "Whoa, this is fucking creepy shit." But it was obvious; it was an obvious alien thing, you know. Yeah. Um, so where where does that leave us with like Event Horizon? Because you talk about memorable images, right? Yeah. Like, uh, so one of the most memorable images of like him holding the eyeballs in his hands, like, ooh, I remember seeing that at like two in the morning in very much the same fashion as you were just talking about, Arturo. <laughs> like it's yeah, like Event <laughs> Event Horizon is um um if you guys don't know, Event Horizon uh, deals with, with this crew um who was sent out into <laughs> space to go uh, see what happened to another ship, and uh, apparently that ship found a portal to hell they went to hell they came back and and the ship brought back some nasty stuff but um that is again like even that's kind of sums up a lot of these sci-fi horror movies though you know right uh, you get sent out into space to find some shit you find the shit and then you find the shit <laughs> it's, it's unexpected what happened to this shit you found right, right? and then the shit fucking you know bites back so it's that seems to be the common recurring theme for all these horror movies that deal with space and with aliens. We have, for instance, one of my utmost favorite horror movies and just favorite movies in general, Alien. Um, mm-hmm. The crew of the Nostromo, which is usually like a freighter ship, they have no business encountering any weird shit. But because they're the last ship out there in the in the boundaries of whatever space this company controls, they get sent out to see what the fuck happened to this ship, right? Mm-hmm. They go out to space to find some shit, right? <laughs> yeah, and then they they find found the shit. some shit, and that shit attacked in in inside the spaceship. Um, and from there, we get the iconic Alien franchise. But I feel that all these science fiction movies. Um, from back in the day and from now are just, um, you know, they're just, it should just all be clumped up into a nice little horror section because it's, as Star Trek put it, space is the final frontier, you know, and there's so much of the unknown that these filmmakers and these storytellers can grab from that there's honestly a, a limitless number of ideas that can be originated just from sending somebody out to space. Um, and just, just think about it. You get on a ship, right, with mm-hmm. a bunch of other people, supposedly geniuses, right? You got to be a genius to go to space these days, right? So these geniuses and yourself get blasted off in a fucking rocket um, right into space, which just getting a rocket off the ground is fucking tumultuous. Um, so you're in space. You finally got rid of that hurdle, right? So this is usually how they do it in movies. They usually get you over that one suspenseful hurdle which is the actual takeoff of the ship right mm-hmm. once you get to the takeoff you're in orbit in orbit is when you start calculating oh what are these what what's the shit that's out there right now for us right and uh and and from there like things happen um that either affect the crew or affect the ship or affect the entire plan or the mission and and usually things go askew or awry because um something went out of out of normal you know what i mean like some right. miscalculation or somebody knew something that they didn't say or s- somebody like is on the ship that shouldn't be on the ship you know so if you if you it's funny just uh, talking about them it's like oh you know a lot of them kind of sound the fucking same well uh, and then and then you have the other group where it's it's not you have the other half of the movies where it's not going out into space and finding yes, shit exactly. it's the shit finding you it's the shit you know? traveling in space it's like huh i kind of need some break you know it's like oh i need a little water break <laughs> what's the closest planet with <laughs> yeah water and resources oh it's space 
Yeah, and there's, you know, then then you have the thing, which is I I keep wanting to point to as like, you know, my favorites. I've it's a complicated answer, right? Cuz science fiction, the more we talk about it, the more I'm like, "Oh, there's so many I have to include here." But uh the thing is the classic example of the a thing finding you and a thing you can't explain. And then, then you have the remake. <laughs> but then, all right, so let's talk about the thing a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Right, so okay. let's talk about the thing a little bit. First, let's get the remake out of the way, all right? <laughs> the remake is a remake of the original um, thing. Of, like, not, the, the book, right? Yes. Not John Carpenter's, but what what the predecessor to that one. It was going well until they decided to put their budget into CGI for that movie. And then they completely fucking lost me. But what made it even more terrible was the fucking CGI monster um, that just, like, threw me completely out of the movie. Like, I was in it. I was like, oh, this is not bad so far. And then I quickly, like, was thrown out of it because of the look of that. Yeah, it sucks, too, because, you know, part of me, like, part of me wants to defend it because, you know, uh, maybe CG wasn't as good, but at the same time, like CG was good by then. Dude, it, they didn't even use CG in the in, in John Carpenter's thing. Well, no, like CG CG was good by the time the remake was around. You know, so I'm like, I ca- I can't even be like, oh, maybe this just the CG budget. But that's know? what I'm saying. Like, it, there's no excuse if the original used fucking practical effects mm-hmm. to, to gain every advantage and to kind of display every kind of every kind of action. It was all practical. So yeah. now that you're that you got this technology. You know what I mean? Like, do you know what to do with it? You well, obviously don't. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing, though. Like, huh? that's the thing. But uh, you, need, <laughs> you need someone with a vision behind bringing this stuff to life. You need the proper, like, creature creators. You need you need the proper, like, the people behind the scenes who are actually, like, crafting these things. And it's the same thing with CGI. Because a recent example would be another science fiction movie we spent a whole episode talking about, uh, It Chapter 2. Yeah. So, yeah, it, the go. It... Those are good examples of some like a movie that uses CG well, especially Chapter Two, where you have like the you have the thing scene, you have the thing scene where um, you know the the head, you know, like a spider leg comes out of the eye and like it look really good. So yeah, you j- yeah. you just need someone there with the. It's the same thing with practical effects. You need the person who can actually make this stuff. <laughs> it was like um, it was like uh, with Hellboy. Um, the story was trash, but, um, the actual CGI and the practical effects, um, it it was awesome. Like they had a good amount of, um, they, not a good amount, but they were able to mix both mediums very well, um, which definitely helped the movie, um, being that it was so long and trash, but in (laughs) terms of like the thing remake, they completely opted to have just CGI being they're like, Oh, since we're modern now, let's use CGI. But yeah. that kind of took away a lot from the story being that the story was again, just because it's a thing story, you're enclosed, you're, it's a lot of enclosed and confined spaces. And then, and then you see this computer generated monster and it's just, it doesn't look, it doesn't look good. It, yeah. Cause it doesn't look good at all. It goes back to the appeal of sci-fi horror, right? Where it it's based in real-world logic. And if a CG monster doesn't look real enough, then, you know, it's going to fall by the wayside. So a good example of that is, uh, like, the Terminator franchise. Yes. Which started out with uh, practical T-800s. And, mm-hmm. and, and even when it used CG back then, like, for the T-1000... That looked incredible in, in terms of like you because, know, but also you said this before I think on a on a previous episode where it's just it might have been the magnetism of the actor behind it, but it it all just worked together and it was there was a clear vision compared to um what was it Terminator Genesis oh my god I th- <laughs> yeah, where it's like you it's a completely CGI Terminator and completely like CG everything and it's all just kind of a mess you know yeah. And uh, uh, um, adding to that, um, you can e- one could just say, "Oh, but if you look at the Terminators now from back in the day, it looks kind of shitty." But it's like, yeah, but in the scope of the movie, um, yeah. it, it matches the tone. Right. You know, like the T one hundreds, you see them look a little wonky, a little like like 
animatronic and stuff like that. That's because, yeah, they, they're supposed to be this robotic, you know, kind of... It's supposed to be inhuman. Character. Exactly. Yeah. And it moves like an inhuman, you know, character. And you don't need it to be fluid, you know? Um, a lot of mistakes with the, um, the Terminator's post-T2 was that. It was that the the T-1000s and the the bad guys, the bad robots, the bad Terminators, they were just too much. But it was all fluff, you know? It was all fluff. Mm-hmm. There was no substance behind it. Like, when James Cameron brought us these T-100s and T-1 and T-2, it was, um, they were serving a greater good. These, these T-100s were pawns in this bigger game that Skynet was playing in order to kind of pretty much bring up things, bring the extinction of humankind, right? But then these other Terminators are sent to, um, sent into the present looking all nice and shiny, you know, looking like, you know, hot chicks and shit and like handsome dudes. And like, for what it's, there's no, there's no life behind those things. And it really translates, um, when you go see those movies, you see, um, these fake things, and it doesn't help the story, especially if, if the story is already trash. The right. CGI is not going to help it out. It's even gonna it's gonna accentuate all the bad things of the story if it's not done properly. So this is why it's very important when when you're getting into something like the thing, for example, where the original um, was full of practical effects, and now you have all these all the now you have this budget and all these types of different mediums available to you and then you just fucking you know shit the bed with this crappy cgi it's very disappointing you know what i mean you know yeah uh we've talked we we just talked uh, terminator and how it kind of fell apart has have you seen like is there a science fiction horror franchise that that's kind of managed to stick like stay afloat like stay up there that's a good question it's a very very good question but in my opinion none (laughs) <laughs> um, so it's just a, a total zero like just a dud completely? i mean listen um the alien franchise mm-hmm. for instance uh, comes to mind part one was absolutely amazing part right. two was fantastic but it had a different tone you know because mm-hmm. you go from part one you go from this um horror suspense movie you know what i mean legit mm-hmm. horror suspense and tension um into a horror action movie you know, with part two, and right. then with part three, you get um, a whole di- a different director with um, I believe it was David um, David Fincher, um, mm-hmm. who did part three. You get this other this other kind of view where it was trying to be both part one and part two. You know, um, I kind of dug part three. It got a little messy towards the end when when everything about Ripley was coming out, and you know. It was just a little weird, um, and, and then, then it then it kept going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then then they decided to keep going with it. Um, they brought a alien. Um, what is it? What was it? Resurrection. Yeah, it was it was resurrection. Then you have uh, you have the versus predator movies. AVP. Yeah. Yeah. Then you have um, you have Prometheus. Yes. Um, and and then Covenant, I think, was the last one. Oh yeah, that was trash too. It was um, it was trash. It looked like it was trying to go back to you know go back to the original. You know what I mean? Like, but go that's back the to- problem. All right, all right. Listen, <laughs> like that's the fucking problem. I didn't want to get into this thoroughly, but we're gonna get into it, <laughs> okay. and it, we're, I'm, I'm gonna go into it because let's do it. Let's do all it. Right. So Ridley Scott. All right, you you gotta admire the dude. He brought us the original Alien movie, which is, like I said before, absolutely fantastic and perfect in terms of the scope of what he was trying to um, showcase. You know, mm-hmm. the deep space, the unknown, um, and the unknown begets this alien, which is even an unknown species to these humans. So everything was kind of falling in line. Yeah, you, you had a, a great performance by uh, by Sigourney Weaver um, as Ripley, and you know, and the rest is you could say is history. And then we get, as you say, we get into Alien 2, I mean, Aliens, Alien 3, we get into Resurrection, the AVP movies, and then really Scott goes like, oh, wait, hold on a second. This was right before, this fucking thing was right before um, Neil Blomkamp, remember that? Neil oh, Blomkamp yeah. was going to, yeah. Yes, yes, he was making an Aliens 4. 
oh, with man. with Ripley in tow and um, Michael Bayhine as well. It worked into the script. Yeah, Bayhine and then there was hit, yeah. there there was this concept art of Ripley in like some like cool alien like xenomorph yes. armor and shit. Then, ah. And then it showed Bayhine with the burns because, as you guys remember, Bayhine played. Um, forgot what his name was but he was the, the main soldier in aliens yeah um and he got burnt when they fucking shot an alien and all the blood got on the side so um they were continuing that story so i'm not sure if they were taking aliens 3 into account but they had Probably Ripley not. on board and fucking behind on board and it was gonna be dope and then really scott goes like oh wait a second I kind of want to go back into my universe right <laughs> like really dude like all this time yeah. All this time, and you did Gladiator, and you did fucking that movie with Orlando Bloom that was really long and boring, um, and some other movies in between, and now you want to go back into the Alien universe and, and give us Prometheus. All right. I'm a big Prometheus fan. Um, there's there's a lot of really? issues. Really? Yeah, there's a lot of issues in the movie, but I like the story of Prometheus. Like I said, there's issues in the movie, but the story itself I thought was absolutely awesome. Um, the architects and all that stuff, um, it falls in line with a lot of stuff that you know I like to look into and read about. Um, but not getting too much into that, uh, it, they gave us a story of where the xenomorph started, right? right? And who created the xenomorph. And okay, that's dope. But then you kind of shit your own fucking reintroduction into this universe and you gave us alien covenant which i have a big problem with because it's just fucking stupid <laughs> it's stupid you, you know though going back to prometheus uh before you move on um it has a really good science fiction horror scene that surgery oh that, sel- that self-surgery dude. it's one of my favorite scenes in in science fiction horror in it's general, so, so gnarly it's just yeah. fucking great like yeah self-surgery I, I can't believe that hasn't been done in one of those movies before like that's that's wild i love yeah that. yeah it was very crazy it was it was like a very you remember that scene in the matrix where they find that worm inside neo yeah and he's like, and he's like holy shit this is fucking real <laughs> And uh, that scene is awesome. But that was pretty much that scene in in, in Prometheus. It's like a very elevated form of that scene from The Matrix. Yeah. Where she has to like kind of it was a self It was a self-C-section. Yeah, it was wild. It was fucking wild. Um, But again, Ridley Scott was trying to kind of give us another moment. uh, um, Because another chest burster scene you know what i mean oh yeah uh, um, okay so Good that was point. dope but and i really liked prometheus because of of uh of the story it dabbled with and like i'm always interested in what's out there and you know the creation of universe and all that bullshit right but then he he get, he gives his covenant and then a covenant just erases everything good he did with prometheus um if you guys aren't aware at the end of prometheus um dr shaw and, uh, and David, which is the android, they fly off, you know, to find the home of these architects, right. right? So in part two, apparently, in flashback form, let's let me just put it like that. In a flashback, you find out that fucking they showed up on this fucking planet, and then David just completely annihilated the whole fucking population because he can. Yeah, when did he have that ability? Dude, yeah, he, <laughs> he he managed to like find certain like things, and he, you know what? Dude, it, it it doesn't matter. Arturo. It doesn't. It really doesn't because you just shit the fucking franchise. Yeah, because right? that that was that's literally them wiping the slate clean and trying to reboot their own reboot. You and know? then and then what was fucked up is that um, it was a really Scott sequel. So really Scott directed the sequel himself. Um, and uh, right, it, it was him, right? Wasn't it really Scott who fucking did this movie, right? Yeah, yeah. So he he directed and produced it, and uh, he didn't write it, dude. Which is even more of a sor- headache. That's he's right. not the source of the original story either. That's a- according that's, to the listings. He just directed. And isn't produced. it like the original guys? Wasn't it the guys who wrote Game of Thrones or whatever? Uh, been off or whatever. No, no, no. That that's a completely different. Like uh, we're not opening that can of worms here, Arturo. Oh no, no, <laughs> no. Not especially not in the science episode. No, but but, but he, 
that is a good example of just like but yeah, losing losing your touch with dude, everything. Like you completely just shit your whole franchise instead of just like reaching out. For instance, a great for instance um, with the new Halloween that came out last year, right? Um, uh, they reached out to John Carpenter like, "Yo, listen, check it out. We got this cool story. We we, we want your blessing. We want you to be involved. You know what I mean? We want." To know that this is a good direction for right. this story, right? Perfect. And Carpenter was like, you know what? This shit's fucking great. Let's do you it. You know, and that's that's a director who, you know, I'm just gonna put it out there. He doesn't have the ego, you know. Like yes. he, he was like, hell yeah, and he contributed his music. He yep. liked the idea. He was like, oh, do this. He offered advice, but it wasn't like it was clear that through interviews and stuff that he wasn't so like pushy. Exactly. He, he was there to be like, you know, be the guy, the expert. He was there to be like, yo, you should do this. And he was like, a consultant. Yeah. yeah. He was he was the consultant. And and this is what Ridley Scott should have done with his Alien franchise. If you wanted to revisit it post Prometheus, great. Like like I said, I, I'm, I'm not upset about Prometheus being out there. But I am upset about its sequel. And the fact that there could have been a lot of directions that one could have gone with this Prometheus thing, it could have gone to a different, like a, a whole different fucking level of like just thought process. So, um, but, so um, you know, it, it didn't what, go that way. What do you think of the buff white alien design? What do you think of that? <laughs> of, the, uh, of the architect, right? Um, yeah, it, it was different. It was different, but I liked it. Um, I liked it because it was so different and just it, it just seemed right. Honestly, like I was like, oh, you know, that's it looks like a perfect you know form you know it was right. like um a sculpture uh from david in the you know back in the <laughs> renaissance pretty much that's, the, that's not bad uh so transitioning off of that what's your favorite like science fiction horror monster because, oh dude that's a yeah because there question. there are a lot there there are the xenomorphs there are the t-800s there you know you're talking jaws since we we opened up like the we yeah, opened we up did. the pandora's box here there's um what else? There's there's the stuff in space. There's um, there's the thing, which you I don't really count the thing because it's not really like a single design. It would kind of be unfair. I I personally like uh, the aliens from They Live. Ah, okay. So it's a very it's a very simple but effective design. Another Carpenter movie. Yes. By so the way. Uh, yeah. So you know he also. Trans- Okay, all right. Since we're in Carpenter right now, right? Yeah, right. Mode, like <laughs> he also brought us some fucking science fiction gems. You oh, know, yeah, that's like, true. Fucking um, Escape from New York. Oh, right. Yeah. Don't worry yep. about Escape from LA. That was trash. Um, <laughs> but Escape from New York was one of them. They live. Um, he did the thing. He's got Prince of Darkness, which is not a, a sci-fi movie, but that's also a good horror movie. Big Trouble in Little China. Right. Yeah. So he's he's got like he's got some uh, uh, some science some science in him. <laughs> he's got the sciences there. He's got like the ghost of Mars. Ghost of like Mars, that. right? Yeah, that yeah. was the other one, right? Yeah, so, dude. Fucking ice cream, bro. But I I like I I like the they live design because it's very simple and you know it's also like a good like a good little premise. Uh, I don't think the movie like I don't think it, it's good on a rewatch. To be completely honest. It it doesn't hold up particularly well, you know, in, in terms of like what we expect from films now. Yeah, you know, it, but but it's, it's no, also it's, one of those. It's also one of those movies where I'm like, it's it's a legend. Like it's I just kind of there. I agree. Like, it, it's a fun watch um, yeah. because the movie itself doesn't take itself so seriously, um, and it just the movie makes it so that the person watching it wouldn't try and be like oh this can never happen kind of bullshit you know what i mean like right like it takes you into this kind of world and it makes it so everything that's happening and there is a little bit acceptable because of how this world is perceived um and that's one thing about john carpenter that he does great is pretty much um he envelops the audience in whatever universe he's in um whether it's uh, like in the arctic and the thing in haddonfield and halloween um in uh, in a freaking d- a decrepit New York and escape from New York, you know, he has a right. good way of just putting the person there. And that's very important when it comes to uh, sci-fi movies, because right. if if you it, it's already a challenge to kind of 
get that escapism into the mind of the audience but just to keep them there and to keep them believing that this can happen in this world is one thing um so that's a that's kudos to the you know the filmmaker john carpenter's a genius um but um not trying to kind of go around your question that's a tough fucking question man <laughs> it is though like uh, honestly it's okay to not have an answer it's it's you know also what? something you you got to think of you got to think about because Science fiction. There's a you know lot what? of it. You know what? Like I could say Predator. All right. Oh, uh, Predator's not a bad one. That's a Predator's good... not a bad one. Um, so uh, yeah, Predator. You have your your smarter like you have your smarter science fiction things. I. Like, uh, but I'm gonna have to just for now since it's up top of my head since I have a little list in front of me. Um, Slither. I love. Oh. I love the worms and the gooey blob like. Aliens yeah. from Slither. Um, I love how um, they come to this world, right? And they take over this dude. Um, fucking uh, oh, this guy. What's his name? He's in fucking everything. Uh, um, uh, uh, Yondu, Roker? right? Yeah, yeah, yeah Roker. Um, so, uh, and then they have this hive mind going on, which is very cool. Like, if you can execute the hive mind premise, it usually works out if you can execute it. Um, and they did a good job with this one. It was a fun movie, um, but then this alien was just so gross. Everything this alien attached itself to was just mm-hmm. absolutely disgusting. Um, one one very good imagery from that movie would be when there's this chick about to take like a, a bath or something, right? And then mm-hmm. there's a, the worm slithering in the water, right? And mm-hmm. it's like it just jumps in her mouth. She sees w- w- what these uh, what these aliens are all about, and then she just grabs it, and she has these long nails, and she's able to pierce this this slithering uh, alien. She pierced the body completely, to kind of squish it, and it's just like, oh man, it was great. It was it was so good, man. And they have a lot of good body horror in that movie yeah. because of that. Um, it's funny. Um, they are able to completely take this movie into like a wild like ride but it's so fun within the movie that you don't lose that like oh this is such a bullshit kind of thing you know right yeah like uh good good alien invasion movies are like that too where um like i've always loved the concept of them taking over people and just kind of living among you know because then you have people man yeah you have um you have uh what yeah what's the pod people <laughs> I'm blanking you invasion have, of the body snatchers you have body snatchers you have animorphs <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> you yeah it was you know, they have little aliens that's the whole war uh, yeah, then you have right. <laughs> then you have the faculty which yes. was the faculty is my favorite example. The faculty of it. is like Slither at Jace, dude. Yeah, it's the proto Slither. Yes, absolutely. This is what begot Slither, probably. Yeah, dude. and then you, know, we had great showings from, uh, from oh, what I'm blanking on his name. Fucking uh, Josh Hartnett was in there. Yeah, you got Josh Hartnett. You have uh, Frodo. <laughs> yes, you have Frodo. You have Jonata Brewster in there. Yeah. Oh, right? it's such a like. It's such you got like Usher, a, right? Yes. Like, you got uh, uh, John Stewart's in there. Yeah, uh, and he gets Jeremy stabbed Jensen. in the eye. Yes. Ah, it's so. It's you just one of the. Yeah, dude. It's a hidden are, gem. Yes, yeah. that's one of the few. That's Robert Rodriguez, right? Yes. Yes, that's one of the few um, MTV generation movies that actually turned out to be fucking just good um and and stands the test of time because you know those mtv movies there's only two that i recall that will forever be awesome and that's varsity blues and the faculty um i would i would argue scream but that's another day you know what though (laughs) i don't think of that you're right that is mtv generation but the minute I think a scream. I think of what's Craven. I don't think of MTV. So that's that, why. You know, but, but, okay. but you are correct though, because yeah, that, it's that disinterested, what, like it's that disconnected yes. '90s teenager. That's one hundred percent MTV generation too. Yeah. yeah. Oh um, man. Um, then there, yeah, they, yeah. there was a lesser version of that, uh, a lesser version of the faculty that I really like too. Uh, disturbing behavior. Oh, so, dude. Yes. <laughs> I snuck into that movie. Yeah. When I was like fucking 14. Yeah. I was Dude. like, I had to see it. 
I had to see it. It had fucking what's her face? Joey from Dawson's Creek. Yes. Right? It, uh, yes. 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 Uh, Katie, Holmes. Katie Holmes. Katie Holmes. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, oh, it's, it's got to be a decent movie. Katie Holmes is in it, right? Dude, you know? and I love that movie. It's so like you know. Then you have it's a common trope now where it's like you have your you have the kid who was like your ally the whole time. You know, he was he was the last holdout of like the troubled kids and yep. like the punk kids, and then they get him. They and get you're like, him, and you're like, no, yeah. and then oh, it's so good. That was, yeah, that was a good movie too, man. We gotta talk about some like l- like late nineties, early two thousand. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a whole different era, man. It's, yeah, it really was um, because in that era you have what Halloween H two O. Yeah, in that era, you have the faculty. It's the millennium, man. Yeah. Dude, listen. <laughs> There are some gems in there. There are some gems. And unfortunately, that's the same era of the parody, too. Yeah. Unfortunate. Um, Because I will not be talking about any scary movies here. Uh, right, look, I they're oh, trash, okay. bro. Okay, I'm I'm not going to open up that here, especially not now. Yeah. Not during not during the science fiction episode, right? right? But <laughs> but yeah, dude. Like, there's um, there were a good bunch of movies that uh, took this um this alien invasion thing and, and just rolled with it, dude. Um, and the faculty was one of them. And that was, um, I remember watching the faculty and um, I was like, yo, this shit is fucking killer, man. And it, it was cool. It was a very cool premise because they had this, this drug that, that Josh Hartnett was peddling to these kids, it was, right? It was just Coke, dude. It yeah. was straight up Coke. Like, it, it's, I, I remember seeing it on, like, I, I rented it. It was a rental. It was completely just, like, out of nowhere. And uh, I always have memories of that movie, man. Like, that that's the stuff where I'll always be an old man about. Where I'm like, man, the thing about Netflix and all these things. And that's that sexy a- alien. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was the other thing. You know, because I was. That's I was as all- savage as I'm going to get on yeah, that Yeah, because <laughs> I almost mentioned her as my, my favorite monster. Like, my favorite science fiction monster. Dude, she, was, a- she was great, too. But yeah. Then, like, they kind of lost me a little bit in her final form. Yeah, um, when she because you know, of the CGI though. Yeah, and it's it was just before its time. But you That's know what? The, like she was very good as just like being a complete like fucking bitch, dude. Yeah, like, it was that that was monologue that. that monologue at the end is it's super creepy and yep. it's. That's that's science fiction in a nutshell, right? It's yeah. just like complete playing it straight, playing it like it's this other uh, this otherworldly thing that knows more than you, that that's out to get you, and you're running out of options. That, yeah, that's really yeah, absolutely. And and you know what? To take it back a little bit as we wind down this conversation, um, Twilight Zone is a great example of this whole conversation. Oh, um, yeah. it, it it just. Every single episode, uh, it towed the line between you know science fiction and horror. This is that is a perfect example of why we're having this conversation because they blurred the lines so much so that I myself consider science fiction part of the horror umbrella in the horror family, um, it, just as I consider thrillers now under that same umbrella um, because of just the stories involved and how the stories were. Um, written and given to the audience Twilight Zone was definitely an, an originator of that um, of that style and that's a great example of um, of how these two genres meet and marry perfectly and have babies and you know we get faculty out of there we get Event Horizon we yeah. get Sunshine from Danny Boyle we get fucking Invasion of the Body Snatchers we get killer clowns from outer space. Right. You know, um, we get everything. Um, and a lot of that has to do with uh, the greatness of Twilight Zone and how they were able to tell those stories and and meld those topics together. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, you know, back to my favorite monster from Slither. Um, it's tough to find uh, one that you like so many because one of the best things of this genre bending kind of uh franchise and movies are just the originality that they can have with their creatures 
Um, and you see some wild shit watching these fucking movies. Mm-hmm. Um, like, for instance, in Sunshine from Danny Boyle, you get a monster made from the power of the sun, which was like from Superman 4, The Quest for Peace. <laughs> um, now that I think about it, I'm like, huh, that's where Danny Boyle got that idea from. In, in, in Event Horizon, you get a no. ship that travels into hell and Ooh. brings back, like, the ship itself gets... The, that's how crazy hell this hell is so fucking wild that yeah. a fucking spaceship got possessed bro that's yeah. how that's how it's, wild it is in hell what a good movie too. it really yeah. is dude and then you got like uh, invasion of the body snatchers which spawned um uh the remake of itself invasion of the body snatchers with jeff goldblum and yeah. donald sutherland which was really good and then that spawned invasion with daniel craig and nicole kidman uh, um, and then, and then you have like you have like post-apocalyptic movies oh, that are kind of you have like uh, you have the Omega you have Omega Man. Omega Man. We we he, have uh, um, he is legend is one of them as well. He is legend. I am legend. The one with uh, Will yes, Smith. Yep, you know. Yeah, yeah. That's the one I'm talking about. He is legend is a band. My bad. <laughs> I, I am legend. legend. Yeah. You have I um, Robot. You know, a, a lot of he was in a lot of I movies. Will dude, um, you also have like movies like The Fly. For example, oh, um, with, there are too there are too many. <laughs> yeah, I know, and it's it's again it's especially from back then. The fly is this concept where a fly DNA, human DNA, get mixed up and just a wild, crazy shit. The Jeff Goldblum version, they bring you this wild design for the fly, and it just looks fucking wild. Um, but like I said, good. like with all these movies, um, it's. It's cool because you have a lot of original ideas in it. You have a lot of bad ones. You know what I mean? Don't, yeah, don't of work. course. But of you course. have a lot. You have some gems that are just like, oh shit, this is really fucking good. Um, but this is why we have this conversation to see exactly what fills what spot. Like tonight, we found out that we should put fucking killer shark movies in this genre because of how they're made. Like, for instance, Jaws can be kind of on the fringe because there's nothing really going on with Jaws. Yeah, it's more of like a it's more of like a character drama, a, a natural disaster kind of yeah. thing, you know. Yeah. Um, but like the the Meg, for example, this prehistoric ancient shark. How the fuck right. is it still alive? That's thrown into there. And then you have Jurassic Park, dude. You know, it, yeah. It, it I was like this. I was like when you when we start opening the. It's what's that? What's that metaphor that people use? A Pandora's it, box, right? Yeah, it's you. You open it up, and then you just keep realizing how deep it is and yes. how much shit is actually in there. You're like, holy yeah. shit, dude! Absolutely, man. And then uh, what you get, like, like Tremors is part of that because that's a monster yep, movie. Tremors, like, like all monsters, pretty much going back to Frankenstein, as you said. Frankenstein itself is science fiction. Yeah, as long as because it's not as long as it's not like a magic thing. It's or a fucking like, scientist building a human being that doesn't go correct. You know what I mean? Right. So, um, yeah, it's like you said. We opened up this Pandora's box and realized that there are a lot more things that we should be calling science fiction horror, um, like shark movies and Jurassic Park, because they're monster movies. Monster movies belong in this category. Godzilla, right? Right. Is a great example of that. Um, anything that has a monster like coming into into our realm, like Cloverfield, anything right. that has a monster growing inside the earth, um, that's all science fiction horror, man. And I'm just glad to I'm just glad to have this little conversation, you know, just to kind of see where we stand and just to re- and just to realize exactly how much fucking content there is there actually is out there. Yeah, um, and this is why. I love horror, people. This is why there's Corpse Feed. Because of all the little nuances and all the details that fall under the horror umbrella. Um, all the uh, all the offshoots. Um, all the little like indie offshoots. All the cult movies. Um, everything falls... Everything at the end of the day that's, that's great in this fucking world falls under the horror umbrella, in my opinion. Um, <laughs> and, and that's why we have Corpse Feed, people. Um, I'm, I'm glad you guys uh, joined us in this conversation about science fiction horror. Um, and, uh, and as always, uh, go well, check out our... Uh, yes. <laughs> our socials. Go to the Facebook on Corpse Feed. Uh, Facebook... Um, is is popping right now shit's fucking it's great especially for halloween the instagram is going uh crazy on halloween because i'm putting out one i'm watching i'm legit i have a mission i'm watching one horror movie every night 
um, until Halloween. And I'm posting, uh, I'm, I'm creating posters for these fucking things and, and sharing that with you guys. Um, and and um, I hope you guys are also enjoying the season. It's unfortunate that, like, we spoke about this before, how they don't give as many horror movies they like they used to, like, back in the day. We have to go out and search for it. But just go out there, watch a scary movie, watch some Twilight Zone, watch whatever you can get your hands on. It's that season. Um, and it's, uh, it's none better than watching scary movies in October, man. And again, thanks for joining us. This is Arturo Padilla with Corpse Feed with my main man, Nick Valdez of comicbook.com. Thanks for listening to the more, guys. And uh, remember, it's a scary world out there, but we're here to walk you through it.